microphone check one two one two <laughs> welcome i'm amanda i'm nicole and this is episode 12 what are we doing today we're answering listener questions that's awesome it's episode 12 of the cancer sisters podcast your favorite sisters and first we're going to start with an update amanda. yeah Update us. I went to a highly recommended new orthopedic doctor today, and he is going to perform surgery on my foot and fix this thing once and for all this coming Tuesday. Yeah, less than a week away. I know. I'm so stoked. That's exciting. He was very cool. He was very ready to do it. And it is, it'll knock me out, but it's outpatient. And he said, after a couple days, I can walk on it. I can use the boot as much as I want or don't want. I'd say you don't want to, right? Right. Unless it's really painful. But then that'll get me back to normal. As long as I don't bust open the screw that they put in there. But yeah, which is a possibility, but I don't think I'll do it. What was interesting is that I don't think I told you, he did say he thought. That I had a stress fracture all along, and then I just broke it further when I tripped. That makes more sense. It absolutely does. Because I was it, it, was, so it was awfully easy for you to just sort of slip off your flip-flop and yeah. break your foot. Yes. It's, I mean, it's no surprise with what your body is going through that you could break a bone that easily, but it was a little bit of a surprise. Mm-hmm. So yeah. two weeks off from chemotherapy and one week you were going to have off from chemo anyway right which is why he's like let's do a tuesday this is delightful and i said heck yeah man (laughs) yeah so um i'm very tired today because i had chemo yesterday but i am riding high with that news that's exciting yeah so nobody asked that question but that's your update yeah my update is um a week a week ago it was last week i had my flex sig Mm-hmm. And um, still, still clear, still normal cells, and um, like in another week. Yeah, next week I have a chest CT, just for oh. a baseline for my one and two thirds of a lung to see what it looks like. Okay. And then after that, I don't think I have another CT for six months. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were on a three month chain. So that's Every cool. three months for the little camera up the rear. Yeah. Um, it'll be, I think, six months, but I don't know for how long yet. Okay. For a chest CT. Um, the camera is the flex sig, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so going forward, all oh, that's all we have to say. <laughs> we can be formal. It's a flexible sigmoidoscopy. Or informal, short, tiny little camera. Flex sig. <laughs> <laughs> So we've been collecting listener questions and comments, and I think we have some interesting questions to start us off. Right, and we didn't write down answers. We're just going to free flow these. I think that's a really good way to do it and open the discussion. Free falling. <laughs> I, yeah. Classic Tom Petty. I know Classic. I, I did it real justice there. <laughs> that half a second singing. We could, uh, you know, add it in as an interlude or something. <laughs> So question number one uh, has a couple different parts to it. So I'm going to throw it out there, and Amanda, I'll have you answer it first. Okay. We'll see where we go. All right. Question is, I know you are both religious. Is it still hard to reconcile fate and remain strong in your faith? 
And the second part of that is, how have you stayed so resilient? There's a lot in that question. It's a loaded question. So, good. It's a good question. Yeah. So I think that, you know, I'll, I'll let... Uh, <laughs> I'll let you answer and then I'll jump in. Okay. So... Have we talked about fate? I really don't think we have. Um, the thing I'll say about fate is that, you know, of course, none of us knows what's going to happen, right? And what, death is something that we all face. But when it comes to fate, I have always felt that I was meant for something more. More it's than what? More than what I was doing. I always felt like, I've always said this. I'm kind of been on the. I've been on the late show, and you know that's. I do things in my own time, and I feel like I let go of the things that I thought I would do by this age, and, um, but I always felt like I had a bigger purpose. And so, if there there's might be a little dog snoring in the background. I'm sorry, <laughs> but um. <laughs> So it's our ASMR yeah. for podcasts. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ugh, I hate, I pass right by those TikToks. <laughs> I cannot do it. Um, so as far as fate, the one thing I can say is it doesn't have to do with um, religion to me, but I do think that once we decided to do this podcast and I have seen what it's become, it feels like I unlocked a step towards what I'm supposed to be doing, towards the bigger thing that I'm, ga- I'm being called to do. Okay, so, so let, me, let me follow up there. Yeah. Fate does not have to, if you say fate does not have to do with religion, and I agree with you, but then you say I'm one step closer to what I am called to do. Well, Who that's, or what is calling you? I feel like it's merging. It will merge there with religion. We haven't talked about that before. Like, I don't consider my fate, the same thing as religion, because I, because we don't use fate, like, I don't use that word, really. I maybe in the past have, but I do feel like uh, when I say I'm being called towards this, or called, this is a step closer to what I feel like I'm meant to do, or called to do, that is religious for me. So, God's purpose for you? Yeah. Like I'm slowly figuring it out. Like I do feel like like we got in when I got when I got into coaching, that was definitely um Sorry, I lost my list over here. When I got into coaching, I felt like that was the right step, but I feel like I didn't unlock a bigger purpose until we got here. And the second part of that question, unless you want to make another comment, no. The second part of that question, how have you stayed so resilient? I don't know. I mean, faith and religion it definitely has something to do with it. I just have to have faith. But it's the resiliency is part of our, like we mentioned this a little bit last time. I do think it's part of our character. I am, I am not a person that gives up. I just go and go and go and go. But we all have our moments. Like I'm not resilient all the time as seen as this, you know, recently last, like my meltdown this week. And no, we're like, you're resilient. 
you're not repellent. Like it did. Like yeah. Like it's yeah. Not, you know, bad feelings come. You don't have you don't have that armor like that Wonder Twin Twin armor. Like boom, boom. <laughs> I do. You know your gold no. cuffs. You can buy one. You I can do have a Wonder Woman costume still. You can fend off those things. That's not it. Resiliency. Yeah. Is you know it's it's a it's a form of endurance. Yes. And you do have it. I've always had endurance. But, yeah, Faith, um, my counselor, I rely on you a lot. I rely on other family members a lot and friends. So it takes a support, a full support system to remain resilient. And that social connection is of the utmost important. Yeah. It's important. (laughs) So. I messed up my words because I was suppressing a George Michael song. (laughs) You know you just have to let those things flow. I totally, totally would have interrupted you. That's okay. Because you've got to have faith. <laughs> got to have faith. We have a lot of songs for this one. So how are you going to answer that question? Well, I think it's an interesting question. And it comes from, you know, it comes from somebody who has a a, a different understanding. And maybe their definition of some of those words is different. So, you know, I think... I think being religious is sort of a catch-all term. Sometimes, though, you know, people who are being uh, religious are just sort of observing things in religion that aren't necessarily faith-based. Right. I would use that, I would say, rooted in faith instead of religious. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. That's how I'm interpreting it. Yes, rooted in faith. And then this idea of fate... You know, and I heard something about destiny lately. Um, I don't necessarily believe in fate or destiny, although I might kind of use those sort of casually, perhaps in a joke, because I do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't think that that there really is the, the fate or destiny, and I didn't always have faith. I, you know, I didn't always believe that Jesus Christ was my savior. That just wasn't, you know, that's an adult thing. Right. Um, but I very strongly believe that there are times in my life, um, you know, and that, and that is faith that I believe are connected to God. Mm-hmm. When I met Trent, I said out loud from a distance, this is actually before I met him, uh-huh. he will be mine. Oh, yes, he will be mine, like an evil scientist. And it was a total joke. Um, And truthfully, and he knows this well, so I'm not offending him. But when I first met him, I was like, oh, this guy's a jerk. Like, he was so (laughs) grumpy, and he was, was, I I did interrupt his meal. We were at a picnic. I interrupted him eating. (laughs) Didn't take it well. With a couple of my friends, you know, he was not super friendly and outgoing. And I was like, well, there goes that. <laughs> but, you know, it took us more than a year to get together. But we were, you know, I was pretty instantly drawn to him. And I knew that we would at the very least be really good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, when we had trouble in our marriage and we were kind of falling apart. I mean, it's clearly, it's just, you know, I attribute that to faith. Just believing that we were, you know, meant to be partners and then I would have faith in that Mm -hmm. and so that we would stick together 
And this resiliency, you know, for this, all this cancer, it, it is rooted in faith. And at the same time, like we've talked about before, it doesn't stop me from questioning. Like I haven't lost faith in God and I haven't lost faith right. in God's plan. I still don't understand it. I know that I never will. I know that right. I know that that's not mine to understand. You know, so I have that resiliency rooted in faith. And it's still but it's also the person that you are. It, it you know, faith is a huge factor in it, but it is the person you are. You know. If we take that back to faith, like if if I believe, if I believe that you know, God created us and gave us, you know, through our parents yeah that's a that's a complicated thing right but if i believe that then he made us this way he with a capital h why are we dealing with this we don't know but i will i will continue to strive like to find that answer or to at least to make something positive out of it people say that all the time and i want to punch them in the face well you'll find out you'll find out the right you know, why this is happening to you. And I don't know that we ever will. Didn't you just say no part of it? But I will say that... Moving you step... Didn't I, you just say I, it's yes. moving you a step closer to who you're supposed to be? It's it's helping me figure that... It's helping me figure that out. Not the cancer, but that let us... But the, I have to say that led us to this. And this is leading us to a bigger purpose. To helping... I think it's to helping more people. So... So you just answered your own question. People say you'll, you'll figure out why this is happening to yes, you. Yes, but I still would punch them in the face. When they say that, <laughs> oh, you have cancer. Why are you uh, punching people in the no, face? No, listen, that's just a phrase. But it's that it's part of the toxic positivity when people tell you out of the gate. Like, you know, they want to tell toxic you. Toxic person, look the other way. <laughs> toxic person, go the other way. <laughs> toxic person. Sorry. <laughs> Because they they want to you know, they want to tell you that, and it takes so long to figure it out, and it's and and I can't say that this is why, why I have cancer is this. I just feel like this is something good that is coming from it. Mm-hmm. Well, Pastor Jeff has said several times that everybody listens to the person with cancer. Oh. Well, you haven't said that before. I do think it'd be fun to see if he would get on our podcast. Love to talk to him. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, oh, this question is for me. This this is for you. Read it out loud. Is Amanda still nervous about not having, quote unquote, the one, knowing the road ahead is difficult? Am I nervous about it? I have... Put it away. I haven't thought about it for a while. Um, obviously, during your surgery, it really became very raw for me. And it does suck when I'm thinking, like, logistically, what I have to go through and how long it's going to be before I meet someone. I was talking to, to Monica about this, actually. You know, like, I still want to be married, and I still believe in that. But I know at this point in my life, and after all I've gone through, I think when I meet that somebody, it's going to look a little different. You know? 
than before a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, it happens. <laughs> be a good thing. It happens with everybody because, you know, you go through your life's experiences and you develop, like, different attitudes towards things. I really want my person, but would I accept someone that's still, you know, am I going to rush to marriage? It, no. Am I... Would I accept someone that lived a little further away? Would I take more time to figure it out? Yeah, because guess what? I'm used to being on my own. Could they be less than five feet, eight inches tall? <laughs> Who are you thinking of? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm just thinking of your earlier standards. <laughs> now. <laughs> no, I mean, what you're saying is, to be more serious... That this experience has forever changed who you are. It's also going to change what you want in a partner. Right. Yeah. Is height my number one factor like it used to be? No. <laughs> that is was it, not your number one. Is it a factor? It was top five. It wasn't top number one. five. But no, I like tall guys. There's no way around it. And uh, Layla and I talked about Vigo Mortensen yesterday. Oh my gosh. She said There's that, a name from the past. Seriously. She said that, you know, she was talking about this actor in this movie. And she's like, v- v-. I go, are you talking about Vigo Mortensen? And she's like, yes. And she's like, he is my number one on my freebie list. And I was like, he's on my freebie list. <laughs> and if you look at him, he's tall and lean. Right. And mm-hmm. I've always said big, beefy and bald. Um, but I have something for that swimmer body, that's tall, lean. Younger people are now Googling him because they have no idea. He's been in a lot of movies. Yes, they do. Because he's been in Lord of Rings. Most people know who he is. Maybe not his name, but they know who he is. Okay. And I didn't watch Lord of Rings. The Rings. Lord of the Rings. Whatever. (laughs) I'm sorry, I was distracted by a spider on on the ceiling. Okay. Well, we're going to survive. We will. So, um, so not nervous, you said. Not nervous, but it's, it's going to hit me again, right? I mean, I'm going to have this foot surgery and like, and it just seems like it's going to be light. We'll call it light surgery. Um, but that still causes, you know, problems when you live alone and especially with the dogs and, you know, but when I get to that major surgery, yeah, I think it's going to hit me hard just like it did with yours. I think it's going to come right back. Because they don't have that. So it's a thought that comes back to you or it's, um, you know, it's a strong emotional response that comes back to you. But you're not um, nervous and you're not worrying and you're not dwelling. Correct. Why is that? I don't know. I got other things to focus on. I mean, there's a lot going on, Mm -hmm. you know, work and the dogs and that's on top of surviving cancer and treatments and... Not my foot. So. You have a full calendar. Do you have a full calendar? Mm-hmm. It is very full. So, you know, my team's growing and we, you know, that's, that's awesome. So I've got things to focus on. Um, does it make me sad? Yeah. Like I was in Golf Galaxy and with mom and we were laughing. We were such a mess. We were the only two women in there. And, you know, here I am on my knee scooter with my bald head and mom probably she was like I need to get out of here soon as I possibly can she was so you know icked by it and um but the guy at behind the counter 
smelled so good. I was like, wow, I haven't been around that in a while. <laughs> you know, when it commented when I left, I was like, man, it's nice to smell a good smelling man. <laughs> but, you know, that didn't make me sad. It comes up with more major things, you know, and at, like our birthdays sometimes are hard because I always feel like, you know, the fifth wheel, there's not six of us, there's five of us or, you know, like stuff like that, um, holidays mm-hmm. and that's when it comes up and that's, but right now, no. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you think that's all at, at all a faith response? <sighs> You have enough my, faith that it'll be okay, or you have enough faith that your my faith is shaky on family that and support will be there for you. No, I, I mean faith in, about yes, your I've, upcoming surgery, or I don't mean I have definite faith in our support system. I, um, but I don't have faith that I'm going to find someone that falters quite a bit. You can. You don't have to stop it. I think related to that last question is our next question. How has your family, our family, helped during this long journey? Yeah. It is long. <laughs> yeah, long, I mean, our, I, mean <laughs> I think we, I think that's, you know, different for both of us. I think what you were just talking about, I mean, Trent, has been, um, I mean, I hate, it's kind of like a platitude to say that he's been phenomenal, but he, but he has, it's like been there for anything I need. Um, Mm -hmm. I would agree. Except he just can't seem to clean the glass doors on our shower, but (laughs) I just digress. Okay. So when you're listening to this, so almost everything, (laughs) you're great, but for like emotionally, mentally, you know, let if letting me letting me cry or scream or swear or laugh, and you know that takes a special kind of endurance for him to mm-hmm. put up with my many moods and, um, like, so I think that's been challenging too. And I have mentioned before, both Melina and Ava have been. Um, so sweet and so giving and generous and they'll, yeah. you know, they'll help without asking or help when I ask or come sit next to me and snuggle when that's not really their love language or, <laughs> it's true. you know, or check yeah. in. They've both been a little kinder to me too. Like we've always had a great relationship, but I get a little extra love from each of them, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, just cards and notes from our nephews and niece mm-hmm. um, just adorable and thoughtful and just sort of kind of warm my heart um, and Susan's been pretty tremendous mm-hmm. get a shout out you got a shout out <laughs> on the podcast Aunt Susan yeah and you know, in making us, and it, and it's not. This is not to exclude anyone, of course. But as no, far there's as actually family, too many people to list. As far as family's concerned, you know, it's been it's been just amazing to be able to, um, you know, Aunt Susan's been making food for several weeks now. Um, 
just once a week, just not to have to think about it, not to have to shop for it. It's one less thing to have to take care of. Especially right after our treatment for yeah. me. Like, that's so helpful. Yeah, and you know, Heather coming to visit and George and, and I mean, not to not to make a joke, but George and, and, and Shelly both are not like rapid response texters, but... <laughs> <laughs> what a nice way to say that. You know, but that's not in their nature, but they're, um, they're on the ready for whatever, whatever we need, you know, whatever kind of, even if it's just emotional support, you know, they're on the ready for whatever we need. So that's been... You know, just like, like my just my like haircut today. Yes. Yeah. And just like and just like mom too. You know, mom. Um, well, I mean, and my, you know, my my in laws and um, mom and Aunt Susan and you know family friends who took turns driving us to radiation every day, and yeah, that's. Our cousins sending us care packages. <laughs> There's yes. like so much, and the thing is, it's it's so nice to hear from someone or receive something, and it's not about the gift or what, but it is so nice just to be thought of that someone. It, that's why I said to one of my friends, like, you don't necessarily have to do anything. I just need to know that you're thinking about me, mm-hmm. like. That you're wishing me well, that you had, that I popped into your head, and you said a prayer, like any anything, sent good juju, you know, <laughs> like. I think that that you just mentioned is pretty powerful too, because there is, and again, this is all about whether or not you have faith. But um, if you do, it's just when you know when God puts somebody in your mind, He's putting them on your heart. And that mm-hmm. is just like you said, the time when you might, you, you stop and pray for somebody or you reach out to them or you check in on them and which some people may not attribute to faith and some people would attribute to faith. They thought of somebody and did I say that wrong? Fate? Faith? Did I mess it up? It be... <laughs> yeah, it didn't sound right. If not faith, some would attribute to faith. The instance where you might think of somebody and reach out to them, and in that moment, they they needed to hear from you. Yes. Well, like, uh, Layla texted me at 444, and, like, we both see it on our phones, and that's considered an angel number. 444 a.m.? 444, usually in the afternoon. <laughs> Who considers that an angel number? That is considered an angel number. Like, people, that if, that Google I've never it, heard that before. Okay, yeah. But, I mean, like, if you believe in spirit guides and, you know, guardian angels and things like that, 444 is known as an angel number. If you see it, it means, like, there's dis- descriptions. I don't want to get it wrong. But, like, it usually means good things are coming you're, you know, you're being watched over, there's change coming, that kind of stuff. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I Google it every time. Like, the, <laughs> but if you type in angel numbers, it shows you different numbers and meanings. Just so, well, you know, like latest. people say 1111 and you got to make a wish and, you know, it's along those lines. So more of a superstition? Well, I think it's just a different belief system. Okay. So Layla texted you at 444. Yes. But like, it's more believing in the universe as 
versus someone who says God, Jesus Christ. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we have um, several more questions, but I think one that's related to what we've been talking about is the fourth one here. In what challenges do we each anticipate moving forward? It's a broad question, so I'll let you think about mm. that for a second. Okay. Answer it <clears throat> any way you want. It is a broad question. What challenges do we each anticipate moving forward? So the... you're going to answer first? Go ahead. Oh. Well, <laughs> there's a lot. There's so many things because there's like the, um, there's day in and day out, which we've sort of, for me, sort of touched upon, especially like, you know, this foot has been so difficult for me because I can't get downstairs and do my own laundry and it's hard to stand for long periods of time and whatever. And then I'm on, I'm going to be on the mend, but I got to get through the surgery first. And then I have the other surgery I want to get through, Mm -hmm. but then I have several months of chemo and I have to get a clear scan. So like, to me, those are all, those could all be considered challenges or hurdles like things I check mark checkpoints, like things I have to get through. Um, and there just are challenges because there's no guarantee on physically how I'm going to feel. You know, uh, I've been very tired and it showed in my labs yesterday it was borderline, like, you know, where you have to ask the doctor if I'm allowed to proceed with chemo because my numbers dipped so low and they could, they can go back. Your white and red blood cell counts? Yeah, and like neutrophils and, you know, the things that they're looking to see because they're... uh, Basically, can you withstand this treatment today? Right, because when those start to get affected, it's because the production in your um, bone marrow, where those cells are made, if that's getting affected, it affects your overall immunity and that kind of stuff, so... Mm -hmm. I was feeling ultra tired on like especially Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and not knowing why because normally that increases, but you know and that's why. So those are all surprises. Like I, for me especially with chemo, which would be different with what you're going through, is um, you never know what you're gonna get. So and that will that does affect work, you know, because I don't know how I'm gonna be able to handle. Um, coaching on any given day what kind of energy level I can bring so well that can be a challenge but I will say I know that you have a pretty solid plan in place yes <laughs> so that's not that sort is, of finally that has been, been a challenge yes you have a pretty solid plan in place for making sure that your high school coaching your club coaching yeah your swimming swim lessons open swim like you have that all Worked out. Yeah. And yours? Challenges? Yeah. What do you anticipate? I don't know. There's that uh, train of thought that's a little pessimistic, kind of hanging out there. The challenges that face, like, there's, there's, there's me, generally speaking, who has faith and doesn't worry that, um, you know, each time I have... A scan or a scope that uh, you know, that I'm going to be. You're gonna you know, get that it's, bad that news. It's gonna be good news, but right. then 
each time I have a scan or a scope, my body has shown me that sometimes there's a surprise. Right. So it's my challenge there is trying to keep my faith and not and not believe in necessarily the doom and the gloom and that bad news is coming um, or that I wouldn't be able to handle it if bad news was on the horizon. So we've had some new questions roll in. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right in here with one, and this one is a thinker. What has been the biggest fear through all of this? Ooh, well, take us right back to when I first found out my news. Um, my biggest fear has been death and, and early death. And no, none of us knows when this is gonna happen. But it felt like a death sentence to hear the words metastasis and um, especially to lungs and lymph nodes. That's super, super scary and continues to be, although I have managed those fears. Um, and my doctor reassured, reassured me this doesn't mean that. He expects a long life, but there are no guarantees. So that is always in there somewhere mm -hmm. you know i don't believe that that is what's going to cause it but i do have to be realistic that that it's out there if it takes one little microscopic cell and i had a less than two percent chance of then going to my lungs then i guess i still have that chance in something else that could uh, cause a terminal cancer so Sorry to be so heavy, but that's the truth. Well, it was pretty it's sober. The biggest fear. It, was, it was pretty sobering, and I know I, in my my fear is not the same exactly, but I guess it is. It's just that that this isn't going to be over, and I didn't always have this perspective. Right, mm -hmm. two thousand five, I had thyroid cancer, and I was like, what in the world? Mm -hmm. And I've talked about that before and how scary that was and how crazy that was to me. And then, you know, just mind blown at the absolute ugly coincidence that you and I had the same cancer a year apart. And then um, your metastasis and then my lung cancer. And I'm like, why won't this what i mean more than why that i mean that's where the it's more than why that's mm -hmm. where the that's where the fear is like why do we have to keep doing this mm -hmm. and i've talked a little bit about before like when i went with you to your appointment with your first appointment again your right revisit to the oncologist mm -hmm. and you know understanding metastasis but not fully understanding metastasis I think I added this. I think I added this a letter to that. No, I oh, think this is right. quite a this is quite a, an episode, but <laughs> just um, you know, fully understanding the possibility that so once there's metastasis, you're I have to stop saying it. Mm -hmm. Once there's spread, yeah, that it can continue to happen. So there's always a potential for spread, and I do have hope that that because we know your chemo is working. That this mm -hmm. that this could be it. I I'm not I'm not gonna not be hopeful. I do have I do have hope. Oh, it's and just, I'm hopeful too because it just hangs out there. It it nags. Right. I in people that other people that have been in my situation 
have have to get a little nervous every time they get a scan, just like you explained when you had your flex sig, right? You just have to, you know that the possibility exists. You believe overall that, and I believe, well, I'm halfway through this treatment and the tumors have halfway shrunk, which means the next half is the rest of it, right? So I, I they really... Could, like, they could already be gone and you right. just don't know I don't know. You I truly believe that yet. it's going to go that way. I'm going to take these couple weeks off, get my foot fixed, go right back into it. Find get, some good news. Get a scan. Yeah, I've got some good news. Get a scan in November. I have to wait a little longer now, but that's okay. Um, to hopefully say, okay, there, those things are gone. But um, then the next phase is the continually checking and scanning my body for what has been growing over time that will eventually show up on a scan. And that's... <clears throat> what my doctor has said, you know, when George was with me in that conversation, which is, um, it's microscopic until like one centimeter, maybe or centimeter is, it's, I have to check, but I think it's when it shows up on a scan. Yeah. It has to be a centimeter. Mm -hmm. And that means it's caught early and it's small and all those things that are positive, but it means that you don't truly know what's happening in your body until it shows up in a scan. This, uh, one of the other questions that just popped up is what is, what is the one thing that you wish people understood about your recovery? Mm -hmm. And I think you just described that pretty well. That um, there, you know, we both have been in remission and, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm in remission. I have, I always hesitate when I say it, you know, like I'm in remission, but um, recovery is number one, always a long process. Mm -hmm. My, you know, both of us found that recovery from the chemotherapy and the radiation for the rectal cancer was <sighs> so much longer. Yes. I had, I had the idea that, that I would finish treatment and that I, you know, in three or four weeks after finishing treatment, I could return to work. And that was... An impossibility. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, when I spoke to someone at work whose family had been through cancer treatment, he said to me, well, I knew you weren't going to be back then, but I was never going to say that to you. Right. You know, and the thing, and that's, that's part of recovery. Like, you don't know until you know. That's me guessing that I take off the month of September and I'm going to be able to return to work in October. It's just an educated guess. How, I, how do you feel now that we're, well, we're only a week into September, but do you feel like you're progressing? I do. I do. I feel good enough. about it. Like, like that you would keep to that timeline. Yeah. I wonder how it translates to work. Um, and by it, I mean, like this morning when I took the dogs for a walk and I start walking a little bit up, uphill, not even up a hill, right. just a little a bit uphill. And I'm breathing so heavy and my heart is pounding. And I know it's just, it's just me out of shape, but I don't know how that translates but you can't to work again. Out, I just won't know. Out of shape and I'm air quoting. This is new for you because your lungs are still accommodating the trauma they had. So you feel out of shape because you took some, you had the downtime, um, but it's also your lungs saying getting used to a new level of activity because they're new lungs, sort of. Yeah, both is both are true. Yeah, the whole, the whole rest of my body is out of shape, you know, from 
from almost a week in the hospital, all the anesthesia, the pain medicine, mm-hmm. the uh, sedentary lifestyle, the lack of sleep, the, the trouble breathing, like the whole part of recovery. Um, but yeah, it's just, and I think many people know how easy it, and fast you lose strength and endurance and, you know, cardiovascular fitness, yes. even when it has nothing to do with your lungs. But how easy it is to lose it and how long it takes to recover. And so I think that's one thing to keep in mind about recovery is that, um, you know, I can progress and you can progress. Anyone can progress and you can look healthy when you're out and about. But nobody really understands what it takes to get out and about. True. And that recovery is a really long process. So I, you know, that I will still be trying to regain strength and endurance even when I get back to work. Yeah, the recovery is not Because over. you're sort of retraining. Once you get back to work, you're retraining for what teaching takes out of you yeah. during the day. That's and a different I, kind of endurance. And when I think, and also just sort of going back to what people want to hear the positive thing and I want to share the positive thing when I get that scan that says it has knocked it all down and you cannot see it and it means basically it's not there mm-hmm. right but it's I still have to keep getting scanned and keep checking with doctors and have lots of appointments as do you mm-hmm. and then also yesterday so like Tuesday was treatment because of the holiday and then I went I, I normally have a busier Wednesday Right, because I've done that because I have Tuesday to recover, and I was on such an emotional high after finding out I could have surgery that I made it through the day, and then I crashed and burned so hard when I got home. Yeah, and the crazy thing about you is like you're constantly in recovery. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like injury on Monday, recover for the rest of the week. Yeah, injury on Monday, recover for the rest of the week. Yeah. And so, like, and I'm going to coach today, and it's going to take everything I have, and I'm, all, I'm super tired. It's going to be fantastic, though. Yes. You're to see sweat. everybody. And to, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to sweat a lot, but to see everybody and have all the kids are Energy. so excited to come back. So that'll re-energize me until I come home, and I, like, fall on the couch again. So I think that's where... It's, yeah. It's what people don't realize, and they'll see that energy from me. But they don't truly understand what um, I'm going through. Right. That's part of your resilience is, you know, or Mm -hmm. anyone's resilience. Not, you know, if we think about our guests that we've had on, you know, that are all in different stages of recovery. It is it is that resilience and what it took, for instance, last week when we talked with Pam, what it took for her just to get here. To get over here to record with us. And what that means for the rest of her day. And the same thing for you. What it takes, what it takes for you today, to be able to sit for us to sit here and chat, um, mm-hmm. and for you to be able to work, and yeah. and that whole thing. So, I mean, I think it's just recovery takes a lot of patience, and what people don't see is, or or know, or necessarily care to know, but that it's such it's so ongoing i mean i'm in the first year of three years of having a flex sig every three months 
Well, three years. I don't think you've told me that. And now, <laughs> and now I'm every six months a chest CT. Like, it's just a lot. Yeah. To... And that's worked into your regular life. And yeah. so that's where it keeps going. This is why people call cancer a journey, but I just wish there was a different word. I will not call this my journey. I don't know why it irritates know, me so just, much. You know why it irritates me? The journey part of it is because when I think of a journey, it's something it's it's something I would willingly travel. Do. It's something I would willingly do. I'm going on a journey. I'm going on a journey. It's like it's not the one. I'm going on a journey I'm and I'm taking into. an apple. Yes. I'm going on a journey and I'm taking an apple and a banana. I'm going on a journey. I'm taking an apple and banana and cancer. That is not how the game is played. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on a journey with some cancer. I feel like that's a bad song. It's a horrible song. It should never be written or spoken of again. Well, let's move. We got it. I'm so excited. We have a whole bunch of questions. We don't even have time for them in this episode, but we we have time for another one. We would do the one about you and I, right? Yeah. What have you learned about each other? It's such an interesting question because. Um, we, we clearly have a strange, wonderful, somewhat twisted relationship anyhow. Am I sitting the same way as you right now? And it's, we're mirroring, mirroring <laughs> each other. What do you mean? We you are, like we are mirror twins. I'm left-handed, you're right-handed. Right? We are. Yes. Um, yeah, like we do, we have known so much about each other, but the things that we've learned about each other is really well th- things that come out like just now because mm-hmm. you'd never said out loud I knew you would continue with flex sigs but I didn't know they gave you a three-year term on those right so three we years. learn things that we don't we talk so much but we still when we're, we're more pointed with our questions we learn more about each other mm-hmm. because like you know you just internalize things you just think about things and then you don't say it back to anyone. So that's one that's one way we learn things. Mm-hmm. And I cut you off, so what were you going to say? I don't know, but that's okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a difficult question, I guess is all I was really saying. It's a difficult question because we do know so much about each other. But that kind of ties into, you know, another question is how has this podcast changed our outlook on Pause. life? Because I do have something more to say on that. Well, I'm not moving on to the next question. I'm making a connection. Yes. But, like, for example, I had said to you about realizing I don't have what you have with Trent. And you said, yeah, you thought about that, too. And that was like, that, I would like you did. Right? I'm having this thought, and I didn't know that you had the thought, too. So until I said that, it didn't come out, mm-hmm. right? But that's what this is doing for us, right? Because in we're asking each other questions, not quite in an interview fashion, but we express things that maybe we wouldn't have just in the normal, hey, how's your day? What are you doing today? And okay, I'm doing this, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, and how was your appointment? And what did the doctor say? And... Right, so it's funny. I was gonna make the same point. <laughs> yes, but we don't. We, you know, we process things with each other, and of course, our, the other important 
people in our lives, we don't necessarily take the time to sit down and follow that thought all the way through mm-hmm. or talk that all the way through. So I think what we've learned about each other is is probably a little bit what we already knew each other, knew about each other is how similar we are and at the very same time how different we are. Like how much we have in the same, but how much sometimes we think about things completely differently differently and I you know I'm just sort of surprised I was surprised by that sometimes um not in your example what you what you thought about do you have an example are you thinking of something where we were we thought so differently I'm not saying you're wrong would you be but it would be impossible for everything to be exactly the same because we don't live our lives exactly the same Mm -hmm. well in all of our conversations that have been about faith including in this episode and and in previous episodes Mm -hmm. um just kind of learning how you think about things in terms of faith and um christianity and how i think about things in terms of faith and christianity right and and you know that's been like that's been a learning experience but but generally back to your point just getting a little bit deeper into all these things which we sort of sometimes only scratch the surface about. Like I've heard... Like the mortality conversation. Yeah. Because those aren't things you want to go deep on. No, and then when am I, you know, when I'm just going to give you a call and check in, we're not really going to jump into death. (laughs) And people don't do that, you know? How's your day? My friend Sam made that point. You know, as Americans, we don't typically talk about death. It's really not part of our conversation. Which is why I've been obsessed with that new show that I have told you guys about. And you're all like, what are you talking about? The Scandinavian death cleaning? The the Swedish Swedish. art of death cleaning. Okay, I was so close. (laughs) But it is, it shows how cultural differences about talking about death. But I do find it fascinating it is just facing it head on and accepting it as a fact and honestly if we tie this back to christianity Mm -hmm. i mean you're believing that you will pass and go to heaven Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so it's why do we avoid it why do we avoid that conversation we can't answer that in this podcast no that's really dipping into something else. That's something di- we that's are been, dipping in. <laughs> no, and I'm not in a place really to talk about it. I'm in a place to go to the weekend church service and listen to our pastors kind of talk about that. Yes. Especially around Christmas and or Easter. I'm in that place You know, as like well. to dip yes. into that conversation. And But one of the things that we do at our church, especially around um, communion time, is, you know, this idea which is based in the Bible that, um, after taking communion, you are you are with others, and you you share a meal and you talk about the joy of heaven, mm-hmm. which is really a death conversation. And we don't, yeah, we don't typically do that because we don't talk about what death means, and we are forced with the cancer conversation to let you have. I don't know, our minds go there, mm-hmm. right? We're not forced to talk about it, but our minds go there. I mean, mind it, because it's it's the reality portion of the conversation. 
And that sucks. I don't want to end on that. I don't want to end on the moment. <laughs> Let's not. We're not going to end on the end? No, we're not going to end on the end. <laughs> we can oh begin on the end on a different day. <laughs> we could also say we, we, we already know that we make each other laugh, but um, mm-hmm. we make each other laugh about really dark things. I think that's pretty fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. I suppose we've always been able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't know that I've learned too much about myself necessarily, and it's brought up more questions about myself. For instance, you know, we have sort of processed in this podcast a little bit about the difference in my three instances, episodes, mm-hmm. hills, mountains, to be met- metaphorical, <laughs> uh, you know, three ti- three different times in the three different types of cancer. Once, twice, twice, three times of cancer. <laughs> yes. I knew I was going there. <laughs> and, and how it's sort of changed. Like the first time, um, my response to it the first time, my response to it the second time, my response to it the third time. It's almost like, I don't know if it's just how I'm built. You know, my mind, my mind goes to completely like, what the living hell? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't go to, this is a death sentence. Well, yeah. And I'm, I surprised myself that I went immediately there. Um, because it was a new experience. I mean, I, I, think that when you have a you've it might happen to you too if you had a metastasis conversation and I don't think it warrants you your situation warrants you going straight to death I don't I think for many people it doesn't and I'm not I'm not saying that's where I should spend place in my thoughts I don't um but I find that I reality check myself at like you know that's one thing I do would you explain that a little bit? I don't know what you mean. You don't? You're supposed to just understand that. I know. Darn it. <laughs> You're not listening. I mean, I, I could no. take a stab at it, but you explain, please. I don't... I, it's, Can you it, tell me more about that? Yeah. It just happens where my thoughts go sometimes, and I, and I um, surprise myself because... Um, well, it, ha- it happened with my conversation... My last conversation with Dr. Plate when George was there. Because he brought up, because George was asking questions and he brought back up the um, metastasis and this is long term and this is a slow road and this is. So I continued on that thought and that's what I mean. I reality checked myself like, oh yeah. Because I've only been thinking of the positive things and I've been, I found a way to like almost enjoy going to chemo because I do that with mom and they, they give us a little breast with breakfast sandwiches and the, they give you a little breast breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) No, but does that really, and everybody's so nice and does that really have to be a reality check? I mean, maybe that's what it was. I didn't understand your language. It's not a reality check. I think we're kind Brings of... me back down to earth. Yeah, we're kind of talking two sides of the same coin here. It's like just the way that I'm built is I don't, you know, I don't dwell on it. You don't dwell on it. It's, 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 it's not our instinct or go-to to go to the sobering thoughts or the realistic thoughts Correct. of 
yeah, I'm, I'm at chemotherapy. I mean, it is in our nature to say, this is, this is time I often get to spend with my mom. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and we get time to chat and you get a little Benadryl nap and, <laughs> you know, you find that. I find the positives in it and that's what we do. But I do let, but I do dip into what's not positive about it. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I think you, like, I still have to process those feelings. I have found a way to consider it positive that the medicine's doing good for me, that there are positives in it. And then the days I, especially when I don't feel well, it's easier to think of the things that are not. And that's when I, that's when I go into reality check. Like, hey, your foot's broken. You can't get around your house. Your dogs are sick. You're sick. You're limited on work. You're limited on money. And your life freaking sucks. <laughs> reality check. <laughs> no, I don't agree with you. But no. I can't get on board with the reality No, check. but it comes, but I go back to the positive place mm-hmm. where I have such a loving family. I have such an amazing support system and friends that surprise me even, you know, like um, Melissa and she just was like, hey, I'm here with a bunch of food. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, what? You are? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's really, really nice. And the thing that we can do this podcast together that we've re we've uh, reconnected with classmates that like people are impacted by what we're doing like I could go on and on and on on the positives mm-hmm. but I but let's be a realistic I have days that suck because this sucks mm-hmm. and I'm using nice words <laughs> appreciate it <laughs> so well I don't have to mark this explicit today. we have <laughs> We have more questions, but that's going to have to be for a different episode. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want this to go on too long. I don't want people to get sick of us, so we'll... Um, well, well, that's their this... choice. <laughs> right. Right? They kept listening. Yeah. So and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, and as always, for making it to the end of the podcast. And if we have said anything that you'd like to respond to, please let us know. You can um, email us at the Cancer Sisters. At gmail.com. The Cancer Sisters Podcast. Darn it. The Cancer Sisters Podcast at gmail.com. Nerds. Oh, gosh. Or you could uh, check in with us on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're listening on Spotify, you can always leave a comment there. Yeah. And share. This will really help if something struck you and you thought of somebody, please share it to them. Because that's what we're, that's what we're doing. We're. We're hoping that this helps people. We're sharing. We're sharing. Until next time. Bye. Bye.